The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love mm. the power. <clears throat> Hello and good evening. Uh, welcome to the Port Adelaide Preview Podcast for Round 23 versus Essendon. It'll be played Friday night, which is tomorrow night at the time of recording, at Death Knell Oval. Uh, I'm Portia and joining me tonight are both, for the first time this year, two guests, Rick and Craig. How are we going? Great. What's going on? Uh-huh. Yay! Look, I mean, I'm, I'm personally... Are I'm we dos- excited or what? I'm are we the- excited or what? Look, finals is just around the corner in the top four... <laughs> Um, I can't wait, to be honest. Look, I mean, I'm, I've brought out the extra strong uh, medicine for tonight. I've uh, bypassed tea. I've gone straight for the hot chocolate. Um, oh. Just, just in hopes of quelling the, the anger I feel welling within, within me, which will make me say something I regret saying by the end of the podcast, I'm quite certain. <laughs> Settle down. Just drink it slowly. <laughs> just drink it slowly. Oh, do we have to talk about the game this week? Well, I mean, there's not really much to talk about with Is the game really this week. Is there really any point? <laughs> we can talk about the hot topics. Or should, or should, or should we talk about, um, or should we take a positive attitude? Because look, we are still a chance. We're, we are statistically <laughs> a 0.03% chance of making it into the finals. Um, we can do it, so look, man. We can do any. it. And then what? That's as good as any. <laughs> well, I have full faith that Gold Coast have won one game in the last 30 of uh, beating Geelong. So, yeah, 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 look, yeah, yeah. Season's still on, guys. Where there's light, there's hope. There is. Really? That's it. <laughs> uh, Where there's no. penny, there's darkness. Mm, mm, mm. Um, Dylan on Spreaker Chat has mentioned that our flag odds are at Leicester levels, which I don't know what it means, but I agree. Yes. Yes, they would be <laughs> at Leicester levels. Um, probably beyond that, I would think. Okay, good. That means something. Good. Mm. <laughs> So, hey, guess what, guys? Apparently we want to get Jared Schofield in as an assistant. What do you think about that? I've heard it's done. It's done. It's a done deal. He's coming over. Um, it, it's been the, Well, it's been the, it's been the rumour for a long time now. And uh, he was meant to come right last now, year. It? So I've heard he was meant to come last year. Um, and it fell through, but uh, this year it's, uh, it's definitely meant to be happening. And look, he's a great coach. He's um, he's led Subi to two premierships, four consecutive grand finals, four consecutive minor premierships. Um, so you know he's uh, he's as good as anybody else out there. Can so Porsche, why not? Well, uh, basically, my feeling is that uh, we should be putting him in a functioning coaching panel so he can take over when Hinkley's throat gets cut. Um, that's realistically, I think, what we should be doing. Uh, what's he going to learn at Port Adelaide? He's going to be compromised the same sort of way that Matthew Primus was as a coach, I think. Um, nah. And that he just come in, and if he manages to stick around the three years that's left on Ken's contract, it will be fully Ken'd by then, surely. Nah. Look, look, Primus, I don't even think, wanted to coach, and he just sort of got shoehorned into coaching. Mm. And... Um, and then he got shoehorned into being the senior coach, whereas Jared's got a lot more experience behind him, yeah. and um, he's got proven success uh, away from Port. He's got proven success at state level. Um, well, if he comes in, I think yeah, he's. I think he's probably the next sort of coaching waiting. So can we make we can him get him into our and system? Promote Ken to director of coaching. The bullshit nothing. I job. would love that. Yeah. I, I would love that. 
but okay. uh, not going to happen. <laughs> but look, I'm all for uh, Big Jazz coming back over and uh, and being part of our coaching team. So I don't think all of the last here, Porsche. Like we've seen the influence of uh, strong uh, coaches under Ken before, and how they've improved his game plan. So maybe Jared from his playing days, without knowing how he coaches, maybe there might be a little bit more of an uncontested game plan. We might get a bit more run and carry and, and skillful ball use. So um, can I just interject? Are you saying basically that uh, you feel that Jared is a very, very efficient turd polisher? <laughs> I have no idea on Jared. I did like Jared as a footballer. And he, as Macca just pointed out, his, uh, his stats at... Uh, coaching level at, in the waffle are very, very good. So yeah. I guess let's just see uh, what he can bring to the party. And look, I, I don't see this as being sort of like a, a nepotism type um, announcement either if, if he does end up joining as an assistant. But, look, he left 14 years ago and yeah. you know, the only person still at the club would probably be Chad Corns and maybe Alfie the bootstutter and that's about it. So yeah. Um, you know, he's been away for a very, very long time. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait for him to come back. Yeah, look, I'm keen on him coming back, but I'm keen on him coming back. Uh, I would really love it if he had experience of a working AFL system, really, before he came to us. That would be my preference, comfortably. Did we have Fair a working enough. AFL system last year? No, not really. Did we? I don't think we've I'm had out, a working I, I, don't, I think the last time we had a, 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 an actual system at Port Adelaide was under Choco, really. Yeah. Where, you could, where you could say that there is a definite method by which Port goes from end as opposed to Chaos Ball. Yeah, I, I think we had method in 13 and 14 and then it got figured out and then we've really struggled to find any sort of method since, really. Hmm. Yes. In oh, well, 14, a... we were chaotic, though. You watched those games. Well, well, we were chaotic, but we were sort of... It was controlled chaos, whereas now it's just chaos. Uh, it was chaotically random. Mm. Yeah. Well, but it was... A, at least it was enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess move yeah. on to the, the second hot topic. It's actually the third on the rundown, which is the Liberal Spill. Which um, I think we've all been laughing and marvelling at how incompetent they seem to be as a party, but compared to the Port Adelaide Football Club, the Liberal Party was competent, focused, and with a genuine plan for the future. So, uh, yeah, I, it's hard to take too much humour out of it, quite honestly. Yeah. Well, look, you know, they've, uh, they've seen that things went right, and they've uh, gone in to make a change. So yeah, yeah. They're, they're making themselves accountable, which uh, you know, Ken liked to talk about a couple of weeks ago with the Crows loss and making sure that the uh, the umpiring was accountable. Um, you know, what accountability have, are we going to have for missing the finals this year? Can you with imagine? an absolutely stacked list. So where's can, our accountability going to come from? Can you from? imagine living in an Australia where governments are more stable than football clubs? Mm. <laughs> Unbelievable. Mm. Can we bring back Tony Abbott? I want Tony back. He, he wants to He'd be He'd make back. a great midfield coach, I think. <laughs> yeah. He'd make a fantastic runner. <laughs> uh, and uh, the third of my hot topics, uh, Fox Sports did an article written by Tom Morris, which ranks the AFL coaches. 
Um, Ken Hinckley's been listed at 17th, just ahead of Brendan Bolton, and here's the review. How can a team top up with topped up with three proven players, one of them a former AFL captain from rivals clubs, and almost certainly not play finals? Things have not worked for Kinkley this season, and you'd love to be a fly on the wall for a conversation between him and vocal chairman David Koch. Do you think that Tom Morris is overrating what David Koch would do behind closed doors? I think Brendan Bolton can find himself a bit unlucky. Yeah, I'd honest. say so. He's had a lot less to work mm. with. Mm. Yeah. Uh, look, who knows? Who knows what would happen behind closed doors? You know, there's been murmurings of unrest, but who really knows how truthful that is or, you know, what sort of unrest it is. But, you know, as we said, we brought in three proven players. Um, you know, they, they can talk about, oh, it takes time to gel all they like, but I, I call that bullshit. You know, we, we were gunning for top four. Yep. The club knew it. The club said it to the members at the members' convention. We're going all out this year, and this is just a big, fat, stinking failure. And nothing's going to happen from it. No one's going to be held accountable. We're just going to continue making the same mistakes that we always do, and we're just going to play the same game that we always do, lose in the same way that we always do, and nothing's going to change. Um, and... Why isn't it going to change? Because Ken's got the, the club jumped the gun last year, and um, you know they played chicken and they lost, and they signed Hinkley up for another three years. So nothing's going to change because nothing has to change. He was he was actually contracted last year to the end of this year, right? Correct. Yeah. And, and so the Gold Coast was sniffing and knocking on the door, and potentially. Like, we can force him to stay to the contract. We don't have to let him out of a contract if Gold Coast no. came knocking. No. That's no. right. So, yeah. Yeah. I, look, it just um, that comment there, Mac, it just really reminds me of when we actually had that interview with uh, Keith Thomas last year and um, the topic of length of contracts came up. And that uh, I think I, I remember supposing proposing that at a certain point you have to push back against long contracts, don't you? Don't you have to reach that point as a football club? Um, I guess KT disagreed with me. Yeah, well, look, you know, <laughs> this season's just been a huge disappointment. Uh, how you can go from 11 and 4 to missing out on finals um, is is nothing but a disaster. And, you know, the club has to wear that. I think a lot of the supporters are incredibly angry. Like, yeah. I don't think I've ever felt this disappointed and angry at the club before. Like, no, you know, two thousand and three mapper. No, uh, no. that that would be up there. Um, that that would certainly be up there. But I, I feel like this. Uh, this is much worse. This is much worse. I haven't been this angry mm. about football since um, Port were done over by the SNFL and the courts in entering the AFL. <laughs> that's yeah. that's my last milestone where I've been this angry. <laughs> so, Macca, did you? even consider that we may not make finals at 11 and 4? Not at all. No. no. Why would you? I thought it was absolutely locked in and, and why would we think so? Mm. You know, we were about to play Fremantle uh, who, you know, weren't very good and um, you know, it, it seemed like uh, finals was an absolute fait accompli. Uh, but I guess that's the thing, you know, you shouldn't make assumptions and you shouldn't... Uh, shouldn't count your chickens before they hatch, should you? So, um, 
you know, this club just uh, just finds new and interesting ways to break supporters' hearts. You know, if it's not losing grand finals by record margins, or uh, you know, bringing up tarps and nearly uh, nearly dying as a football club, uh, you know, it's losing finals after after the final siren, and now it's uh, it's missing out on finals in uh, in weird and wonderful ways. So, you know, I'm not sure where else we can go from here. To be honest, surely we're at, at the bottom now, and we've we've uh, we've broken the hearts of our fans in every possible way. Now it's just time to uh, to move up. Look, there's a really good comment uh, from Scott S on the Spreaker chat, saying, "Poor Robbie Gray and Wingard, Ken's wasted their talents." It's uh, probably accurate. I feel like the club has lost its ruthlessness. Oh, you know, definitely. Once, once upon a time. We were competitively ruthless, and um, in 2012, we changed our mantra of we exist to win premierships to we exist to win premierships and to make our community proud. Um, I don't know if that was just to soften the potential that we can't win premierships as often as we used to in the past, and so we need to try and have another win in our mantra, but... I just think overall, yeah, we've just seemed to have lost that ruthless edge. And I think we can still be ruthless in our pursuit to success and still be a family club. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of at a bit of a loss where where we are too, Macca. I, I agree with everything you say. And, um, yeah, it's a bit sad. And I'm very disappointed. I, I can see the chinks in our game plan. But at no time at eleven and four did I think we would miss the finals altogether. Yeah, look, we, we've been speaking about our lack of ruthlessness as a football club for a long time on this podcast, probably mm. at least since you know the latter stages of two thousand and fourteen, when uh, when once again we were in a great position and uh, and screwed it up, um, probably twice that year because you know we were what two games clear in front of the competition at one point and then just started losing games every week. Um, and then we obviously lost the final where, once again, we, uh, we we lacked ruthlessness on the field by screwing up the first quarter against the Hawks. And, um, you know, it's been that way ever since, you know, from um, the Phil Walsh showdown where, you know, we just seemed to allow them to beat us for whatever reason when they were absolutely vulnerable. Yep. Um, and it's just gone worse and worse since then. And... Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like everybody at the club is far too comfortable at the moment. And look, they, they can talk the talk and they can say things like get comfortable with being uncomfortable and all these buzz phrases, all they like. But it's just bullshit. It's just plain bullshit. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's just too much talk and not enough action. Um, you know, everyone's far too comfortable with their spot at the club, from the coach to the the CEO to the chairman to everybody else below um, and you know change needs to happen but we're not going to get change are we no and look I mean I guess the only reason I'd say that we haven't lost ruthlessness it's probably because to lose something you have to know it's gone and be looking for it and I just mm. don't think we are <laughs> I think we're oblivious to ruthlessness uh, and whether that's deliberate or not I don't know but it, it's not even on the, it's not even on the the, uh, the list of things to do is it no. Really? There was a couple of comments that um, that the leaders made this week, and uh, one was from KT, which was 
we're on the precipice of being a a fantastic team. And I think he copped a lot of criticism of that on Big Footy. And I feel like that might be a little bit harsh. We, We all think, all our supporters think we are on the precipice of being a great football team. We wouldn't be this disappointed if we didn't think so. Mm. So I think that the, the the shit that he copped on online this week for that comment was maybe a little bit harsh. Sounds just um, But the, uh, the the Koshy interview that was just ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. For him to say like no one was complaining when we were eleven and four, well that's that's not the point. Like premierships aren't won in July, are they? There's a whole, there's like six more weeks to go, plus a whole finals campaign. Of course, we're not complaining when we're eleven and four because we're sitting in third spot. We're complaining now because we've missed the fucking finals in ludicrous fashion. Um, like, I just don't understand. Like that, that's one of the worst comments I've I've heard um, from someone within the club. It's just excuse making. It's just not acceptable. Like we've just been a laughing stock for too long and. Um, things need to change. What about substantiating his decision? Sorry, Porsche, by by you know still justifying that you know Ken's the man, and when clearly there's issues. And I, I'm getting tired of some you know some people wanting to use. We were unlucky, you know, with the Jenkins point or the goal after the siren or Ryder and Gray going off against Brio. Again, ruthless sides will would still kill off Rio with injuries. GWS yeah. did it, I think, that round. And, you know, we were way in front against Adelaide and West Coast to the point where it shouldn't have been a kick after the siren or a controversial point determining us losing that game. We're our own worst enemies. And, yeah, I, and I, I just think, yeah... I think David missed the mark, and I think I think pressure has caused him to potentially miss the mark a few times this year with comments as well, and and, and decisions are being exposed, and it's just unfortunate. They've rolled the dice, and it hasn't worked. Yeah. Can I just jump back to that comment by Kosh, which is, um, for me, I think it really, that says a lot about the mindset of how the club perceives its supporters. Uh, in that, that logic of, well, you weren't complaining when blah, blah, blah. Like, that's the logic a dad uses to keep their nine-year-old from making a, a, a fuss, isn't it? It's infantilising the supporter base on, and think, assuming that they know nothing about football or football clubs despite watching hours and hours and hours of uh, stuff every year, despite reading articles, despite reading their website, despite getting emails and SMSs about everything and wanting to know every single thing about the Port Adelaide Football Club, including players that might even possibly maybe come to then come out and presume that, oh, well, you weren't complaining, blah, blah, blah. Well, that, first of all, that's wrong. There's always someone complaining. And second of all, what is that attitude? What is that paternalistic bullshit attitude? Fuck off. We put you well, there. You done not the boss of us. <laughs> it, it, it comes back to, um, you know, there, there's a lot of jokes about the Facebook sort of uh, supporters and, you know, Oh, just just remember where we were before Ken came along, and you know, we, you know, we were at Footy Park playing in front of eleven thousand people, and you know, we were at the bottom, we were losing four million dollars a year, and all this sort of stuff. Yes, we've come a long way, but that's got nothing to do with it anymore. Yeah, we're set as a football club. Let's go about winning premierships, which is what we're supposed to be doing. We've completely lost our ruthlessness as a football club. You know, Russell Ebert got sacked for less than what. Ken Hankley's 
achieved. Yeah. You know, um, which is, you know, as Triby keeps saying online, you know, four years without winning a final. Four years. Like, whoever would have thought that after that wonderful night in Fremantle, when we came from behind um, to beat them over there in the 2014 semi-final, who would have ever thought it would be four and, you know, five calendar years by next year that we would have won our next final? Like, no one in the world would have realistically thought that that would be the case. No, and who would have thought that after bringing in Paddy Ryder, Charlie Dixon... Um, Rockcliffe, Motlop and Jack Watts that we would still be saying oh look they're still settling in we're, still, we're on the verge like to yeah. what we gave up to bring in particularly those first two players and then yeah. to get the results that we have first of all says that we well, load basically we, we decided to gamble on a shit list apparently it must be a shit list right it's got to be a shit list in the club's estimation because obviously the coaches are all fucking geniuses aren't they so uh, what's going on there? We've completely fucked it from a list management perspective, from a coaching perspective, from an administrative perspective. Basically, every single thing that we could possibly do, apart from getting the players to work hard, we have fucked it. So, um, yeah, that's really where we're at as a football club, isn't it? Yeah. And for, look, for Kosh to say uh, in that interview as well, you know, leadership is about standing behind your decisions... Well, maybe it is, but it's also about being ruthless. It's also about making the tough decisions in in adversity. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think uh, we're asking for that accountability of standing by their decisions, aren't we? Aren't we at the point we where are, you made the bad decisions? For, stand for by the accountability. And the go. accountability is to hand yourselves in and say, look, time for someone else to take over and see if they can do a better job. Simple as that. Yep, Absolutely. Yes, all right. Well, yeah. Anyway, do you want to talk about the, the game briefly? Do you want to do that? Well, not really, because uh, that's just going to make me more angry. Oh, uh, look, it, it won't, it won't <laughs> take too long. Because, I mean, honestly, if you think you're angry now, you haven't even discussed the changes we've made to the side this week. So oh. we'll talk briefly about Essendon. Um, I didn't do a stat review this week, because why would I? Um, because there's look, no point. They're 11-10 for the season. Uh, they lost to Richmond last week by eight points, which is um, pretty good, really. Um Really, it's hard to look at this Essendon and, and think, oh, well, they've got this in edge and they've got this negative. But we've got two teams playing for nothing. Uh, it's going to come down yeah. to who's trying to save face the, after the a season better. The two biggest disappointments of the season yeah, in, really. uh, in Port yeah. Essendon playing off on a Friday night. So, wonderful. <laughs> what a showcase for AFL. It is, a, it is a perfect showcase then, isn't it? it but is. at least one thing. You know what's going to happen. Port will, Port's going to come out and try and win, and Essendon's going to come out and try and lose. So, uh, you know, it'll probably be a 100-point drubbing to Port because Essendon's already flicking players off and they're in uh, pre-season mode and they don't care. They might drop mm. a position for a draft pick and, you know, we, we'll want to have that honourable win and, you know, even though it's unlikely we're going to drop a draft pick position, you know, it is what it is. I don't know. I I'm going, and I, I'm going because it's the last game of footy for the year, and yeah, you know, I will support the club, but I'm not very motivated to be going. I must admit. Can I just say that the fact this is Friday night um, is absolutely astounding because it's probably the only week in which the Carlton game would not be the worst game of the round. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, look, let's let's talk about these changes, shall we? Because, yeah, yeah, let's um, do that. Oh, let, let's talk about the, the obvious one first. 
And okay. that's uh, Sam Powell Pepper in for the injured Tom Rockliffe. Great. Fine. Cool. That's perfectly fine. Powell Pepper should have been playing anyway. Why was he out? Rockliffe's been walking wounded for a while anyway, so fine. Bring yep. him in. That's fine. No issues with that. Sure. Now, <laughs> Aiden Johnson going out a week after he kicks three goals. Yeah. Um, and plays a great game against, you know, one of the top teams in the league. For Jake Knee, is oh, the worst player change in the history of our football club, bar none. It is the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen. No offence to Jakey Need. Yeah, he's oh, had a nice. good career. He, he's played He's played probably 40 more games than he's probably sure. deserved to play. Yep. Um, he's currently on a, a five-game uh, scoreless streak for a small forward, which is uh, which is strange in itself. Why would you bring him in? What what about this change? Why would you do that this week? Why mm. why would you make that change this week? What have we not learnt about Jake Need that we're going to learn this week? The biggest concern for me is why are we playing Jake Need when he is probably in my top five of players to the list. Top, <laughs> he's probably in my top two. Yeah, he's played right the there. list this year. He's he has proven, you know, he plays one good game a year. He played a wonderful game in that first showdown this year, and he did nothing after that, as as per usual. He is absolutely delist worthy. He's you know what twenty four now. There's nothing that we don't know about Jake Need. Not a thing. The the thing that scares me, that that really really scares me about this. Is it if he plays well, I really fear he's going to get another contract. Yeah. Is it a farewell game for Jake Need? Do we need to one? play farewell games for sixty games small forwards? Like Well we don't we don't have so. that we don't have that ruthless edge anymore, Macca. So well, bring back Kane Mitchell, where was his farewell game? You know, unless mm. he played well in you know, more than once a year. We missed an We missed an opportunity. That scares me is that if he kicks three goals and you know, whatever, oh, I can just see us giving him another year, and he he is absolutely delist worthy. We missed an opportunity to bring in Pat Moore, didn't we? Yeah. If we're going to drop Aiden Johnson, definitely, definitely. And, and look, I mean, absolutely, Pat Moore kicked three goals last week, and not only that, on the Port Adelaide website, which I presume our club run, he was ranked higher in the best players than Jake Need was. Um, so if we're rewarding form, what comes in before need every fucking day of the week? So I, I don't know what we're trying to do with this game. Like, are, are we are we trying to win it? Because we still think, well, just in case Geelong lose somehow, we're going to be in. So maybe we're thinking, well, need will, will maybe provide a little bit more than what AJ has, which he might do, maybe. Or are we... You know, are we trying to just do something else? I don't know what we're trying to do because I just don't understand why we would bring in Jake Need and not give AJ another chance at getting up to AFL speed after he played a really, really good good game two games ago. Yes, he was ordinary on the weekend, but, you know, give him another shot. There is some good news, though, um, because Sam Gray is apparently barely fit and he's in the side. He couldn't do more than jogger training. So, uh, oh, that's good. That's a plus. That's a plus. Yeah. He, he, can, he can barely do more than jog 
during games as well. So yeah, um, I guess that forty percent of Sangray is better than one hundred percent of of uh, Jay Fatmore. Yeah, and AJ. <laughs> so who, who are our emergencies, Porsche? Our emergencies. Well, Johnson, are... Patmore, Bonner, yep. and Snelling. Yep, exactly. Maybe we might bring Will Snelling in for a farewell game as well. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not? And yeah. let, let's talk about the final change because this one's even. I'm even more angry at this one oh, than the Jake Need one. To be honest, Billy Frampton finally gets his go. Billy Frampton in round 23 <laughs> finally gets a game. Yeah, he's ready a, now. In a game, he's ready. If I was Billy Frampton, I would say, "Go fuck yourself." I'm going back to the waffle. See you later. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> That's oh, what I would say. Because what a ludicrous situation. We, we've been playing. A wounded ruckman who can barely walk. He's still playing. For, what, two months? Who, like, the lack of playing Billy Frampton has cost us games this year. Yep. And now we bring him in when the season's over. Why? What is the point of that? Because he's ready now, Macca. It's exciting, isn't it? (laughs) He's ready. Ken's excited. He's finally ready. (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's like the coaches of changes I've ever seen. It's like the coaches are intentionally trying to suck. No, no, not even that. It's like the coaches taking the piss. Exactly. They are intentionally taking the piss out of the supporters. Yep. 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 Hundred percent agree. It's. that's a good way. That's a good way to get people to games. It just feels like, you know, oh, well, everyone's been crying out for Billy Frampton. Here, he can have a game in round 23. Well, what about against GWS when we had to ruck bloody West off in the ruck all game and Dawson Simpson of old ruckman destroyed us? Mm. You know, what about about after the Frio game? You know, earlier in the season when he, look, fair enough, he may not have been ready, he may not have been fit then. But there were definitely games later in the year where he should have played to keep our structure of our sides without ruining, you know, without putting Dixon in the ruck or without moving Westhoff into the ruck where he is absolutely useless. I, mean, I, just, I just don't get it. It's just if pointless. You, if you look at free the Frio game, when we played them, Sandlands and Fife were out. And what did they do? They played that young Ruckman who still had his puppy fat on him that Jones, but he played a reasonable game, right? I'm sure he's probably not fully match fit either, but he did his role and he actually played all right against us. And the more concerning thing thing for me is coaches coming out publicly saying that players aren't good enough and aren't ready is doing nothing for their confidence whatsoever. Even if he isn't, you don't say it publicly, uh, you know, he's got to be made to earn his spot in the side or something. But just mm. don't say they're not up to it. I mean, it's just a poor use of words and it's demoralising for an individual. And, and like you, if I, <laughs> when I was 22, if it was me, I probably would have told him to go jam it. But, and then I wouldn't have cared if I got sacked. But anyway, but that's, that's, Look, just, that's just a, me. He's got a contract for next year, doesn't he? So yes. um, well, maybe that's him why he's it. not... Uh, <laughs> He's coming uh, for next year. Well, say what you fucking want. The, the stupid thing as well is that he's in the side with Paddy Ryder in the side. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not like he's even replacing an injured Ryder. He's in there with him, which is just even more confusing. Well, 
look, I mean, the most confusing thing that uh, Rick just referred to there, and we discussed uh, at length on Monday, is um, the fact that the coaches are saying that the players aren't doing enough. When we went through the stats and looked at the application of pressure, you know, with the least uncontested possession against, fourth most clangers against, and the first for tackles and first one percenters. Like, if you're a player right now and you're working your ass off to a system that is not working, um, mm. what, do you, what do you do? Hey, where do you get motivation from? We wonder why Wingard it looks like he's just completely checked out. And it's no wonder, because he actually does have a brain. Um, it's uh, Anything that the coaches say right now is just utter farce, unless it's the words, I resign. First time this year we're playing two Ruckman. Yeah. First yeah. time in what? Two years we were playing two Ruckman. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I don't, oh, I don't well, get it. Judy Rowe it d- on, doesn't make um, any sense at all. On Spreaker Chat, Judy Rowe has mentioned that Ryder will go forward, and that's obviously what's going to happen, because just as Dixon goes into the Ruck when uh, Paddy Ryder's injured, Dixon's out, so Ryder's going to be a full-time forward this week. Mm. Too little too late. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, yeah. but why now? Why now when the season's over? Right. Like, Frustrating. Very frustrating. I, put, I bookmark it. We'll have our biggest win for the season tomorrow night. I think so. we'll get thrashed. No, nah, nah, I don't think so. No, nah, look, because I think that um, at Port Adelaide at home, win a meaningless game, I mean, that's absolutely the game that we win, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like, conflicting messages. Why, why play Fran- Why debut Frampton and bring in this. Jake Need? Like, as, you know, why not bring in Frampton and bring in Patmore? It's because or we're the Randy Nelly Football Club. Where, um, no, you know, the other so one is, the other one is if um, Pollock's actually leaving for North Melbourne, why play him? And risk injury. That's true, because if he gets injured, we won't get the same thing in trade, will we? Yeah, don't play him. <laughs> That's true. Good call. Well, if he if he gets in, if he injures his foot again, then he won't be traded. He will sign his three year deal that, that's in front of him. Which of course that's what still will offer. happen. Yeah, we'll still offer it if he's injured, <laughs> obviously, because mm. that's Port, right? No, I, I would feel much better with Polek being dropped and yes. Pat Moore playing on a wing. Yes, absolutely. It just seems crazy. It's just crazy. It's risking. Yeah, even Robbie Gray, you know, why the guy's busted his ass all year. You know, I mean, unless he really wants to play the last game, you know, rest him. Rest well, right. I, I hope it's he just... kicks five goals and gets himself in the old Australian team again. That's, that's yeah. my only hope for this week. Can I say something which basically if there's anyone playing in the team this week that then goes in for off-season surgery, I will flip my fucking lid. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Well, that would be Paddy Ryder then, right? Yeah, almost certainly. So why is he playing? Yeah. Yep. So yep. stop stoppage setups. What what do we think is going to happen this week? Uh, Port will win. Uh, do you want to do, t- <laughs> do, do we want to talk about Essendon? Do we want to talk about briefly well, about Essendon? Not, not really. No. Not, not really. Do I want to talk about Essendon. Right. Let's go to the big. Let's go to the big footy hot topics. There's like twenty right. minutes of content. We'll skip that there. part of the rundown. We'll, we'll go to questions and then we'll do the wrap up. <laughs> All right. Should we be concerned about John Worsfold? Probably. Um, who has the psychological advantage? No one. Because we're both ordinary. Uh, right, question time. Question time. Okay. AFL 2004 has asked the greatest question of this evening. Why Jake Need? Why? 
um, because somehow the coaches have got it in their head that the players just aren't working hard enough despite every statistic saying that they actually are working probably harder or as at least as hard as any other club in the competition. And they think that if they just work harder, it will get over the fact that there is absolutely no system being imparted by the coaches that players can either understand or implement. Here's a, here's a counter question to this question. Who would be in port seconds at the moment that would be most pissed off with Jake Mead's selection? Anyone. Aidan Johnson. <laughs> Anyone. Aidan Johnson particularly. Yeah. Honestly, it's I, reckon, the big... I reckon guys that played in a Port Adelaide team 30 years ago should be angry with Jake Mead's selection over them, frankly. Mm. I don't know. As I said, I, like this is just a, another game that we could have got minutes into Aidan Johnson to, to try and get him up to speed. And, um, you know, instead we're playing a 24-year-old who's played 60 games and who's quite literally proven that he's not really good enough. For At least he tries hard. He tries hard, Maka. No that's doubt. So that, that, is, that's... that is not part of any reason why I'm against Jakey Need coming in. Look, he does try hard. He tra- That's half the problem. He tries hard. He chases lots. But there's no end game for it. You know, he's a decent tackler when he actually catches someone, which is very, very rare. He doesn't get on the scoreboard. Like, he can't play midfield, so he's just a, a small forward that chases. You know, anybody can do that. Anyone. Yeah, well, I mean, that was the thing under Choco is that we called players like that gumps and sort of made fun of them, didn't we? Mm. You know, guys <laughs> that can run all day and that's all they do. Um, that was literally considered, yeah, that's that's exactly what you don't want on an AFL side by Port Adelaide, what, 10 years ago more? T- tens of, 10 years ago is about right. And now that is apparently is the absolute um, uh, exemplar player for Port Adelaide is a player that tries real hard and can't, doesn't really do anything useful to contribute to the team kicking goals on a consistent basis. Um, we have in topsy-turvy land. <laughs> it's absurd. Mm. Uh, Monkey Tuck Man has asked, um, if the cost wasn't too high, would any of you consider offering Brendan Goddard a contract report? No. No. Hey, I've got a question. His reasoning, he he does have reasoning behind this, um, which is uh, is to shake up the good bloke tag that our players seem to have, and since he isn't afraid to voice his opinions to teammates during games, it could assist the side. No. No. Here's my question. If Stuart Cochran was of uh, age in this current Port Adelaide side, would he play every game? Yes. Yes. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be playing. <laughs> well, look, he played pretty much every week. He was fit under Choco as well. He played like oh, 18 played games or something in the premiership year. Yeah, but he's yeah, he was a warrior. He got every every he's game. a warrior. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he only missed the final series and the, and the premiership because he got injured. Otherwise, I have no doubt he would have played. There you go. Oh, boy. What's next? Yeah, probably a no to Brendan Goddard. Look, he's been a wonderful player. He's probably still got a little bit of time left in him, but uh, no. Maybe as a coach, maybe in a few years' time, but uh, but not as a player. It's Can I just say that for me, the main part of my note is that any player that has made an active choice to go to Essendon, I assume their character must be that of a dodgy car salesman. Um, because that you know, especially at the time he did, like, come on, <laughs> who chooses to go to a club with such complete absence of any sort of ethics and professionalism? Um, yeah, like being drafted there, fair enough. You've still got some some salvage, but actually choosing it, mate, nah, nah. Mm. 
tainted, forever tainted. Like everyone still with Essendon. Uh, Dylan H has asked, uh, well, he wants our thoughts on the game tomorrow. Yeah, fuck off, Dylan. Thanks. It'll be, it'll be a shellacking. Not, not helpful, Dylan. Not helpful at all. Well, I, sh- I what should should this podcast is. I will just refer to Spreaker Chat, and Dylan has also said that Matt Thomas would feel entitled to a spot in this team, which is probably accurate <laughs> as well. Probably he'd, true. Yeah. He'd, get a, he'd get a game. Oh, yeah. he'd, he'd be our starting midfield for sure. Yeah. He would have come in for Rockliffe this week. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> and leave Sam Thomas for in the magpies. He's a warrior, Matt Thomas. He's another warrior. Oh, and Tommy Logan, if only he could still play. Oh, oh yeah, there's another warrior. Yeah, he'd be playing too. <laughs> yeah. oh, look, I like Tommy Logan, but jeez. <laughs> no, I was on the axe Tommy Logan bandwagon. Oh, God. Poor Tommy. He was a good player. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know who this clown is, but um, Fishing Rico 4 has asked... Uh, with a baby on the way, what am I in for? What is fulfilling and what is disgusting? Uh, is there a way I can convince Nicole to get up every night and change every nappy? Yes. Well, what do you reckon, Macca? Everything is fulfilling and nothing really is disgusting. It's all uh, what, what you think of it, really. Now, now I've got a question. And uh, you should definitely get up and change the nappies because it's actually quite soothing to do so. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Rick, I have a question for you. Given yes. that the baby is yet to come, do yes. you think that you will raise them as a Port Adelaide fan? Unfortunately for this child, it's got no choice. I've already, bu- I've already bought the Port Adelaide dummy, and I, I've, oh got a, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a client. Pro- Just make sure a- they don't choke on it, mate. <laughs> well, there's enough, there's enough of that going on. <laughs> No, I'll get I'll get the whole Port Adelaide. She'll be she will be a Port Adelaide girl. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. Right? Port Adelaide we just, dummy. Look, I choke ho- risk. Hopefully by then we'll have a women's team she can barrack for. Yeah, well that's probably years away. So yeah, uh, that'll be years before she can even hold a football. So it's fine. I don't know. I reckon she'll be able to hold a footy before we'll have a women's team. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Good. All right. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, CT Powers asked uh, if Bryce Gibbs is worth two first round picks. Why is Pollock only worth one? Um, I know he was contracted, but he was also twenty eight. Surely Pollock is worth their first and second round, with maybe a third going back to them. Nah, it probably isn't really. Um, it, it probably isn't. I, I would love to somehow wrangle a first and a second round, but that's definitely not going to happen with North Melbourne and their point situation. Um, and look, to be honest, I think we need to get ready for the fact that if we want pick nine, we're going to have to give up Polek and a pick to get it. And, and look, I mean, you've all really? Seen it. Yep. Probably. It's serious. Absolutely. Yeah. Why? Surely he's worth pick nine. Yeah. I think he is worth pick nine, but I think we'll see that we will be offering an, a pick in return for him as well. So oh. it's going to be like Polek and thirty-five or whatever. No, you know, our uh, third or fourth, uh, third or fourth um, pick is. No, I think it'll be different to that. I think that what will end up happening is that Pollock will be our last trade for the trade period, and we'll do a big shuffling of picks and minor players, so it doesn't look like we've lost as much as we have. Mm. I think that's inevitable. Is, yeah, is this possibly. just for? A, is this just because of points? 
No. I think so. But I, I, I don't think he is as highly rated in the AFL system as what we think he is. And also, when you're comparing it to the Gibbs trade, like, I mean, Gibbs for the Crows, what he is for the Crows, you know, the, the son of, not even a legend, but a son of someone that the Crows fans, the Glenelg Crows fans really love. Um, they were willing to pay overs for him. So, yeah. you know. Well, what about, what about Charlie Cameron? He got picked 12 last year, right? Yeah. He so. did in one of the worst trades of all time. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's if there's no way that Charlie Cameron and Jared Polek is only a three pick differential, surely. Sometimes things fall into your lap, and sometimes they don't. Yeah, well, the crow, the crows were cheering there, weren't they? Yeah. Well, look, Lock, Lockie Weller got traded for pick two, so on oh. that basis, we should be asking for pick one, really. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I still... look, obviously, that's not going to happen. I'd argue we're still in the in the in the in the uh, black on basis of trading Matthew Bode for Sean Burgoyne. Mm. <laughs> you know, I might be completely wrong, but I, I I'm just saying expect it'll be if we want pick nine, it's going to have to be Polak plus something to get it done. Yeah. Well, is is there a possibility that he could go to St Kilda? No, uh, only for free. Well, I think there's, I think there's too much smoke around North Melbourne for him to be going elsewhere. Did you see that ridiculous comment where someone was trying to say that North Melbourne's offered him the five years, seven hundred thousand plus a coaching role <laughs> afterwards? I mean, come on, what? <laughs> apparently, 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 Gary there was a coaching is a scary thing. <laughs> He'll be defense. The guy can barely talk, let alone coach. I would think, but hey. Uh, CT Power has also asked: uh, Keith Thomas has been CEO for seven years now. How would you rate his overall performance? How much longer do you think he'll stay on for? Um, as a CEO of a business, he's done quite well. As a CEO of a football club, I'd say he has not done very well. Mm. Look, he's been able to get us into financial stability. Um, you know, he's obviously very well respected um, in terms of making the tough decisions in terms of um, a couple of other things as well. I would say it's probably been a bit of a letdown. Mm. 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 Well, we all love KT, but, um, you know, there was absolutely no reason at all for him to give Hinkley a three-year deal no. last year at all. What would you have said... Uh, what would you have said... Uh, about this question at 11 and 4 halfway through the season. Which question? This How's one. KT done? It's pretty much the same thing, I would reckon. I, would reckon. I mean, I, like I said earlier in this well, podcast, I was voicing concerns about contracts last year. bringing up 11 and 4. But what was the feeling amongst us at, at 11 and 4? We were like, when are we going to stuff it up? Yeah, you know, we, we haven't played well, but we're 11 and 4. We, we, um, we literally had a podcast <laughs> called Failing Yeah, you know, what's going to happen... Yeah, what's going to happen when we actually play decent teams? Are we still going to be winning? You know, all that sort of stuff. So we, we might have found ourselves at 11 and 4 and um, and found ourselves in third spot. But I think deep down we all knew that there was going to be a letdown coming. You know, I don't think anybody expected us to be missing finals, but I think we all knew that we were going to lose games that we shouldn't have lost. Um, and you only have to look at Big Footy and, and Facebook and all those sites at um, at the feeling around that mark, whereas yes, we're in a good spot, but let's just 
yeah, we just got to keep going. Don't take our eye off the ball. And unfortunately, we took our eye off the ball. I think that we thought with the, with the player ins we had and hoping that we had you know, our key players uh, that we traded in, realistically, Dixon and Ryder being able to play a literal full season, um, I think we thought that we might have players enough to get over the fact that our coaches were not league best, uh, and we don't. Mm. All right. Next question is uh, for, also from CT Power. How many senior listed players would you cut? How many picks would you use at the November draft? Oh, I think I named 10 easy to lists on Monday, so we won't cut all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he uh, he pulled me up on that when I said that and said, you, you listed... Uh, rookies in that ten. Yeah, well, do we still have a rookie list? <laughs> well, he wants he wants main listed players. Well, even then, well, I can do that. I'm happy to go through and do that again. Sure. If you guys have already given your yeah, opinion please do. earlier, please do. We'll agree. Uh, Jake Need. Yep. <laughs> um, I think he will be delisted. I think Trent McKenzie should be delisted. Yep. Um, I think Carl Amon should either be traded or delisted. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Tompas should yep. be traded or delisted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would trade Jasper Pittard. Okay. Um, it looks likely that Joe Atley's going to go, so there's another person off the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I Brock would. Bent? How's he going to go? Is he going to last? I would. I'll, I'll get to him. I'll get to him. Okay. He's uh, got no I value think, now, though. That's all. No, yeah. but I'm talking about the listing because he's not going to be able to come back from where he is at. Yeah. In terms of rookies, I think Snelling's gone. Um, I think Hewitt is gone. I think Thomas is gone. Um, I would keep... I, I would upgrade, obviously, Houston. I would upgrade Leanett. I would keep Laddams. Um, and I would offer Era a, a rookie list A spot instead okay. of a B spot. Um, I think Broadbent... Look, I would keep Broadbent, but I certainly wouldn't be at all surprised if he gets delisted. And I would probably delist Homsch as well, or look to trade him. Yep. Yeah. Homsch is cool. Just because he just looks cooked. He might be useful yeah. for another club, which is sad because, look, as we said, you know, he was turning into a wonderful player. Uh, his 2014 and 15 were, were excellent, but unfortunately his body's let him down since then. Um, so I don't know how many people I listed then. That, that was probably well, I'll, I'll tell you this. You a good six or seven did. off the main list. You named everyone we did, except that you said you might keep Emmanuel Era, and that was really the only difference. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I would keep Trango. Yeah, um, we said keep Trango. So just as yeah. depth. Yep. Um, that's Don about Barry. it, Sorry, really. you, you didn't mention Don Barry. We were going to list Don Barry as well. Yeah, Don Barry, I would, if we're losing Polek, I would think that um, we probably need to keep Barry just as a bit of running depth. Oh, for me, I think we'd list Don Barry, and if we can't find anyone at our last draft pick that's better than him, we redraft him. Mm. No one else is going to pick him up. How, how, how many picks? I think we should be using all our picks to the to 46 that we've got at the moment. So at the moment, we've got, I think, 10, 21, 28, 45, 46. We need to use all those. We're obviously going to get, well, hopefully we're going to get pick nine from North Melbourne. Um, and I would be trying to uh, get at least another top 30 pick as well if we can. Well, are we trading out Sam Gray? Who's going to trade for that? Uh, I think, well, I think I someone would, would take him. Carlton. I think there's a lot of clubs that could go with 
with um, someone like Sam Gray. Yeah, but not for anything that's, you know, like it, it, anything you get for Sam Gray would be something that we would have said in a couple of years ago, oh, we wouldn't even use that draft pick. Yeah, like we're, well, we're talking I, late I, I third I can see best. someone like Sam Gray fitting into Hawthorne's yeah. system. I, I can yeah. see him playing at Melbourne. I can see him playing yeah. at North Melbourne. I think he could yeah. Yeah. He'd definitely get a game every week at St Kilda, at the Dogs, at Carlton, if we're lucky, we'll get pick 60. Gold Coast. That's yeah. okay. I'll take pick 60. Okay. No, I, I, I think Sam Gray would have more clout than that. Nah, no way. I reckon we would get a top 35 pick for him. <laughs> and I'm, oh I'm, being, I'm being legitimately serious here. I think he's no got more chance. clout in the AFL system than what people realise. I think, Macca, you're dreaming. Not a chance. I'd take it. Oh, yeah, I'd Look, take this, it. I would is, jump. <laughs> as has been said, this is, this, is, this is the world where Charlie Cameron was traded for for pick 12 and Lockie Weller for pick two. I yeah, think Sam Charlie Gray Cameron's being traded for pick, pick 30 isn't that far out of the question. You trade for athleticism, though, don't you? Like, Sam Gray is a oh, He's pretty, athletic. I oh, know, he's got endurance. He's quick, he's different. got a great sidestep. He can play midfield, he can play forward. He's just not a very good kick. <laughs> or handballer. <laughs> or handball. Or tackler. You're dreaming, yeah. Macca. You're dreaming. I, I, I'm with Macca. I think someone will pay overs for it. Well, shit, I would love it if you were right, but I, I'd have no qualms about saying you're wrong. But uh, are we as a club ruthless enough to trade out someone like Sam Gray? Or is he in the... Or is, or, is he, or is he in the good bloke category? <laughs> Is he in that hard work? Is he in that warrior? Is he one of those warrior characters? Uh, oh my god! Are we really talking about this? Let's yeah, move well, on. I think we are. We got lots of other questions to go. So the FEK has asked, "Who should our top five pl- paid players be?" Uh, I don't care about that. Jeez. I'm not sure. It's a tough one. I, I've looked to answer the question. I would say. Um, Robbie, Bogue, Holly Wines, Wingard, definitely Wingard. Uh, Tom Jonas, yeah, and Sam Gray. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to put up, just to put up his points. Good work. Uh, he's also said, if you were installed as coach, what would be your most Malcolm Blight, McDermott, McGuinness moment? Um, starting a season and then declaring you're going to resign really early into tenure. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just, not, just mean, long enough to get the big money. <laughs> I think he means um, uh, what sort of big name would you delist? Uh, I'd sack everybody. I would sack everybody and make them all re- <laughs> reapply for their contracts. That's what I would do. Uh, look, I would I th- start again. I would say that um, Malcolm Blight would probably consider delisting Brad Ebert. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon. Yeah, I Definitely. think that's probably a good call. That, that would yeah. certainly be something that would be similar. Uh, yes, Sh- had a bit of fun. He's, um, he said, are you looking forward to seeing what young Jake Need has to offer on the weekend? Yeah. 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 Definitely. yeah. He's also asked, um, are you looking forward to seeing what young Samuel Gray has to offer this weekend? Well, oh. I mean, now that I know his trade value, I think that he's going to be a fucking superstar. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Uh, and Fest has also asked, um, are you looking forward to getting some glimpses of what Jared Pollock might have to offer us next year? 
I don't know. It's not really a draft game, is it? I don't know. Like, all he's going to offer us next year is pick nine, hopefully. Hopefully, that'd be good. Uh, he's also asked, despite Paddy Ryder being clearly unfit, will the game time we're getting into him now serve us well in our upcoming finals campaign? Undoubtedly, yeah. yes. For sure. We need to keep him, keep him fit and warm. Yes. How are we going for questions? Uh, Blag has asked, um, if there are to be four priority picks this year, is it better to go all-out rebuild and try to sell some senior players? Would there be interest? No. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. If they're giving away four priority picks this year, then absolutely, because... No, hang on. We're Port Adelaide. They'll never give us a priority pick. Bum, bum! Mm. Uh, <laughs> but no, but who? What player have we got that's going to get a priority pick? Oh, it doesn't matter. You just list them all and you get priority picks the next years. It's fine. Mm. There won't be priority picks for us, ever. No, you're right. Absolutely right. I mean, honestly, the, as far as the integrity of the competition, it's probably better for the competition if Port's shit because then no one will get priority picks. Do you know, remember how we theorised scrapping priority picks and giving support staff instead? Yeah, I've spoken to a few fans. Yeah. I, I've spoken to a few fans about our brainstorming, and everyone's loved that idea. They thought it was a great idea. Oh, it's very obvious. Yeah, but Tom, um, it's it also, is. the only reason that the AFL don't really like it so much is because it's not something you can really sell to a club from a marketing perspective. Whereas giving an, another young kid that everyone is sort of salivating over as being the next Chris Judd, that is something that can be sold easily. So I would argue that priority picks are not about football. They're entirely about um, selling season tickets. There yeah, possibly. I reckon possibly. that's absolutely it. That's the only reason you would use that particular form of compensation. Yeah. Uh, Dylan 8 has asked, if Charlie got injured mid-season and there was a mid-season draft, would you give John Butcher the call? Um, Butcher. Only for crowd value. I think we would have got a Ruckman in if there was a mid-season draft. No, we wouldn't, but we should have. No. No, we probably wouldn't have. No, we wouldn't. Um, Rexy J has asked, uh, how should members express their complete dissatisfaction for the appalling performance of the team in 2018? Uh, my first suggestions would all be illegal, so I won't air them on a recorded format. I give up. I'm a beaten man. We just need to send... KT an email, I think. Get it off your chest. Yeah. Uh, Long live PAFC um, has asked, do we need to throw everything at a senior assistant, e.g. Carousella or Ratton? No, because the problem is not our assistants, it's our head coach and the direction that that gives our club. I think that there is no point spending money on assistants at all. We should get in the cheapest people available because they're just really learning what they can uh, in a flawed system until we sack a lot of them. Uh, he's also asked, why would you drop Bonner and AJ for this game? I think we've been through that. Yep. Um, can we play all of Wines, Ebert, Rocky and Sam Pal Pepper um, in the one team? Well, why not? I mean, the, why, you know, not? Yeah. why would we not? I mean, right now, the up is down, left is right. Jake needs in the side. If you can put Jake Ned in the side, you can do anything you want. Yeah. Look, I think um, Pal Pepper's also got a little bit... He's a bit different to the other three in that he can successfully play as a forward flanker, I think. Um, 
as opposed to he's not just an inside midfielder. No, he's not. Um, he's also uh, long live PFC. Has also asked, are we finally getting the blowtorch that we deserve? No, we deserve a hell of a lot more than this. Hmm. Well, I think. Yeah. I think we will in um, in weeks to come. I think that will continue. Do you think the administrators um, have been dismissive of the blows torch? Yep. I think they've been dismissive of the fans too. Absolutely, yeah. As We've already been through that this podcast, but as I yep. said earlier, you know, for, for Koshi to come out and say, oh, you know, no one was complaining six weeks ago, well, that, that sums it up, I think. Um, he's also asked, uh, considering the clouds over Hartlett and Broadbent, and our need for leadership and run in defence, could Boat finish his career as a hard-running halfback flanker? I doubt it. I would uh, say no, just because his foot skills aren't good enough. I, uh, I, I think there's me. that, but also, well like, I, I don't recall him really playing halfback at any point in his career. It would be weird to yeah. give a player an, a completely new role um, yeah. so late. It just seems very strange to even consider that. Yes. Yep. Uh, Blag has also asked, uh, what should my takeaway food option be for tomorrow night? Melbourne, 18 degrees during the day. Most options available. Cocaine. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> lots and lots of it. <laughs> uh, one great club. This is a good one. Fruit chocks or Maltesers? Maltesers <laughs> every day. Maltesers every day of the week, mate. Uh, look, um, yes. I think that if you were going to poison Crows fans, I think Fruit Chocks would be a superior vehicle. <laughs> Look, you can't beat Maltesers. They've got beautiful chocolate, tasty inside. You can just suck them away. They're bloody beautiful. Fruit Chocks, nah. I've never been big on Fruit Chocks, to be honest. They always taste, they always taste a little bit stale. For, for me, the thing I don't like about Fruit Chocks, and it's a weird thing to not like, I don't like the chocolate on Fruit Chocks. I like, if I'm eating a Fruit Chocks centre, like, a, you know, nah, like an, one of those apricot bar things, I quite like them, but together? Yeah, yeah. No. No, as I said, fruit chocks taste a bit stale, and that's that's the chocolate and the apricot bit as well. Yeah, it tastes a little bit like really cheap chocolate, and um, like really cheap cooking chocolate sort of thing. Uh, can I can I just throw this freaky chat very quickly? Um, Craig Jones has said this is definitely the glass is empty and shattered on the ground podcast. How negative is this? And Dylan has said best podcast since draft night. Cathartic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, look, as as we said, this is, you know, it will be going on five years since we've won a final with arguably the best squad we've ever had. Yeah. Um, yep. Right up there. Not acceptable. Not acceptable. Best, best or, 22, um, yes. Three, three and 11. Three and 11, If someone can find any positives this week, then go for your life. You can go 3 and 11. This is just me ranting, and I will be much more positive next week when we start to do the player reviews as well. Uh, liar, liar, pants on fire. Well, as I'm, I said, I will, I will be positive next week. I feel that <laughs> I feel that Macca is uh, is by nature a little bit contrarian, and I will not be neg- not be positive <laughs> with player reviews. Yeah. I don't think. I don't know. Depends on the player. Well, well, we might have some listings and stuff next week, right? Some announcements? Um, potentially. Yep, I would think Maybe. so. Or we'll yep. get rid of Nick's officially, I think, and probably promote Voss to his position. Isn't that going to definitely happen? Yeah, sounds like it. 
Yep. So that'll happen. All right. Uh, next question from Zach Lee. I hate seeing our forward 50 with no one in it and watching the players kick to no one. We'll have to wait until the players run in there. Why wouldn't you leave Dixon in there one-on-one with his defender? Surely this is better than having no one there. Yep. Because, because Zach Lee, um, if Dixon just parks himself inside 50, his defender will run off him and be an extra number further up the field. That's why... Uh, it, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a game of chicken um, with the uh, with the forward placements. It's it's all well and good in theory to say why can't why shouldn't we have one two or three players just sort of at centre half forward near the forward fifty if the ball's in our back line. But if their opponent moves up the field to uh, to block our ability to get the ball out, then we really need those other pl- our players follow them up there to, to provide um, another option as well. So that's why we often see no one in the forward half. And look, it's not just us. This happens to every single club in the AFL. Every single club runs the ball out of defence and has to stop and wait for other players to get forward again. This happens. It's not just us that does it. Um, you I, say I that. Feel like, I feel like maybe we... Maybe our players push it a little bit too far. Like they go a little bit too far further up the field than what they maybe need to. Maybe they need to just take it back, you know. And we're only talking about like a matter of 10, 15 metres here. Um, And maybe that would be just a little bit better. But, um, yeah, I 100% agree it is incredibly frustrating. And I feel like that's why there's a lot of talk around, you know, zoning in the AFL and that sort of thing. Um, because it isn't just us; it is absolutely a league-wide phenomenon. Could we bring back the huddle, Macca and Porsche? The huddle, the huddle where we huddle it. We huddle in in the middle of the ground from a kick-in. Do you think with no. the modern zone that... set up now, they would be all confused? Like, what the hell are they doing? We haven't seen this in fifteen years. No, because knowing us, we would shank the kick and kick it straight to one of their free players, like twenty metres out, dead in front. So, um, which has happened about thirty times this year. Um, so, no, the, the, the huddle wouldn't work. I want to bring. I'm, I'm like on the, the bring back the, the huddle. huddle. Was good. I'm on the bring back the huddle bandwagon. I want to bring it back. That was uh, one of Robert Wall's finest moves. Can, can we drop yeah. back to the comment about playing uh, a forward in the forward line? Um, I think that the main reason why Port Adelaide probably can't do that is because while you could do that in the AFL, particularly given there's no offside rule, which is one of the reasons why you don't see it in other sports, um, it would require a long-kicking team with a system that goes forward quickly and efficiently and hits targets. And that would be the way you can make that work and completely punish sides. That's certainly why Pagan's Paddock was feared back in the day, why it was feared when Warren Treadere was our man in the forward line. Um, But the reality is that we are not reliably long kicking we are not moving forward with a reliable system that gives the forward some heads up of which way the ball's going to come in um and yeah we we really just don't have enough system in terms of bringing the ball from defense or from a stoppage to the forward line um over any since uh, any reasonable distance so port adelaide i mean there's definitely i believe personally there are definitely teams out there that can do it i think that we've seen hawthorne do it um but we are not equipped to do it with our current game style Fair enough. Hmm. Fair enough. Um, let me see if we've got any more questions. We might have one or two. 
Okay. Uh, Bob McClifford has asked, uh, what indiscretion has put Billy Frampton on Ken's bad side? A, second strike on illicit drug policy. B, bad mouth Ken or Ken's family. C, didn't put his cereal bowl in the sink. Um, I would say that he is probably guilty of not doing what every player that Ken actually does pick. Uh, and maybe he doesn't try to play as a contested midfielder. Hmm. That would be the only thing. Because nah. that's the one consistency. I think it's the cereal bowl. Yeah, maybe. Maybe both of them. I reckon he took fruit chops to training. <laughs> yes, they? Ken's a Maltesers man. Doesn't he know that? Jesus. Yeah. God, Billy. Hey, and Maltesers and Coke do go well together. Maltesers and Coke. Yes. Yeah. Together at last. Yes. At the movies, Maltesers, big bucket of Coke, not cocaine, Porsche. Going well. Mm. Or Pepsi. Love the Pepsi. Love the Pepsi. Pepsi's great. I used to love Pepsi. I don't drink soft drink anymore. Mm. Dylan has suggested that uh, Billy Frampton took the Coke Zero out of the staff fridge. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. Oh, clever. I like that. Mm. I like that. Uh, last set of questions here. Robert has said, uh, how many players will be playing their last game for us? <laughs> Not playing our last game. Not many. Ooh. Oh, Let's have a think about it. Who's going to go? Um, Sam Gray. I, I reckon there's... Uh, Jack Homsch is probably likely. Well, yeah, not likely, Jack but I think, it's, I think it's a strong enough thing that I'm naming him. I would think Jared Pollock. I would yeah. say... Uh, Jake Need. Jake Need, yeah, he should be, but he might not be. I would also... Sam, if Sam Gray is Sam worth Gray. what you guys think, definitely Sam Gray. Um, yeah. And I think that's probably it. I reckon those four. Brad Ebert? How do we get rid of that Brad Ebert if we get rid of him? That's the thing. Definitely not. I'm going to say Pittard, Polek, and Jake Mead. Do you reckon Pittard's going? I reckon Pittard's saved by um, the likelihood that Matt Broadbent can't get back and the iffiness over Hartlett. Mm. I think we'll uh, we'll shop him around this year. Oh, maybe. I think. But we won't get what we'll get for Sam Gray for That's my feeling. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Rovert has also asked, what is the best thing on the menu at Sotos for summer evenings down at Semaphore? Big potato fritter, I imagine. Very good question. And I would say uh, definitely get the flathead. Uh, it's local. It's wonderful. It's, uh, it's the best fish going around. What about for vegetarians? You can't beat some good potato cakes. And ours are real potato cakes, not the pre-made ones that uh, most other places have these days. Okay. Um, so definitely go the, the flathead potato cakes and a serve of chips, I would say. And if you want something from the grill, definitely go the, the steak sandwiches. There you go. Do you have uh, non-meat oil for us vegetarians that you cook in? No. Damn it. Nope. We can grill in vegetable oil, if you wish. Mm. But is that on a separate hot plate where, where there's been no meat products on it? Nope. Lucky I'm not fussy. I'll still go down there and eat your food anyway. <laughs> so, look, are we ready to do the final wrap then? Yes. Okay. Uh, I need your winning side and margin. Rick, you go first, mate. Yeah, I was actually thinking, I was sitting here thinking, we should uh, we should put on a multi-bet uh, on Rick's sports bet account. Make a, let's make a multi-bet. But I'm going to go 
Port Adelaide by 97 points. Macca? I'm going to say, look, this has all the the feeling of 2008 for me. If you remember back to 2008, year after we made that terrible grand final, uh, and we lost like eight games by a kick. And the last game, when Brendan Laid and Peter Burgoyne retired, and, uh, and Nathan Cracker gave up that 15-metre penalty with 10 seconds left, and they kicked a goal to win the game with 10 seconds left. I think this is what's going to happen this week as well. I reckon we're going to lead for most of the day, most of the night, sorry, and I think we're going to end up losing by four points with a kick with 30 seconds left. I'm probably in the vicinity of Macca's supposition, but for a different reason, which is that I think that the AFL will absolutely direct the umpires to make it a close game. Uh, and I think that we might even see a record number of um, forward 50 frees paid to both sides to make that happen. Uh, therefore, I think put by about eight. Fair enough. I reckon there's going to be a lot of eveners up. Um, high goal kicker for Port. Oh, that's a good question. <sighs> Paddy Ryder. Justin Westhoff with three. Do you reckon Paddy's going to play or are they going to pull him out at the last minute? I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, going to Jake Need with three. I'm, bu- I'm going to build a multi-bet while you guys are talking on what you're saying. And okay. uh, and so I was going to put Paddy Ryder in as highest goal kicker, but now I'm worried he might get pulled out. Well, I wouldn't be. Um, and I'll change the other questions for the final wrap, and they'll probably be contari- uh, carry over to next season. Um, which fringe players in the side this week would you delist? We've kind of already been through that. We kind of have. We? And are you ready yes. to say think we should be sacked immediately? <laughs> uh, potentially. Rick? Yes. I'm a very solid yes on that. And are there any other games you're looking forward to this week? Yeah, fourth versus fifth and sixth versus seventh. Okay. Maka? Well, the Geelong Gold Coast one, just to see if Gold Coast can do the impossible. Um, Sydney and Hawthorne should be pretty good, I think. Melbourne and GWS should be pretty good. Um, I don't know. I think, uh, I think there's a few games that should determine sort of top four and all that sort of stuff uh, for the rest of the year, so... Yeah, should be interesting. All right, well, for me, season 2018 ends tomorrow night, so uh, that'll be fun. Uh, Craig Jones has said Frampton with seven goals, so uh, that would be be the most infuriating and fantastic possible result. What I would like to know is from Craig, what is there there really to be positive about? Well, look, no one wants to hear us rab it on negatively every week, do they? We don't. um, I know that. For the for the sake of having a podcast that people want to listen to, um, I'm glad for this one to be just the uh, the rant cast, oh, yeah. and for us to get everything off our chest, and then we're all cleansed and we can go into the rest of the season on a bit more of a positive note for the sake of the listeners. Can, can I just say I want it noted that I tried really hard to be positive all season long, so you know, give me this, give me this. <laughs> <laughs> I worked really hard at it, guys. Come on. At least I think it. I was positive. I felt I felt like I was still very positive after the the shock Frio loss because I I truly didn't 
think that would impact uh, our season in any sort of meaningful way. Um, and then it just got worse from there. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very glad that I haven't been reviewing the games this year on the podcast because yeah, you've I, feel like, I feel like a lot of my negativity has gone unheard. Uh, if now, you if you if you had a time travel machine and you could turn around one loss into a win, which loss would it be? Probably the the second showdown because I feel like if we won that, we would have won the West Coast game as well. Mm-hmm. I don't have an And then we'd be we would be playing for a top four spot right right about now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll Porsche? No, I'm not, I don't even care about answering that one. What's your answer? I'd, ter- I'd turn the Frio game around myself. Okay. Um, Craig Jones on Spreaker Chat has said Murphy's Law, Gold Coast will win because we are playing Frampton and Rockcliffe is off for surgery. Um, <laughs> Dylan has said, Bill having a good game is the only thing that would make me happy. I would add to that and say that what would make me even happier would be uh, Bill Frampton kicking a bunch of goals and doing well in ruck. And then he has the uh, post-game talk with a reporter while he walks off the field and he says, Ken Hinckley, you were wrong. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) And that would make me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, look, I think we're done then, eh? Gone a little bit over. Yeah. Fogged a little bit on me quite a bit, but that's okay. Um, And I I can't be blamed. I can't be blamed for this one. Yeah. Now, now that I'm not doing the reviews, is Mad Monday still going to happen for the review of the game? I, I am. Feel like this was basically it. Oh no, because we didn't drink. Yeah. I'm re- there is a review this week, and then we'll go into player reviews the following week, right? Yeah. Yeah. And are we going to do player reviews on a Tuesday night? Uh, we, we can. Should be able to. Yeah. Good work. Tuesday nights. Tuesdays and Thursdays? You haven't answered my question. Are you going to get drunk on Monday or not? Well, I don't really... Do you want me to get, do you want me to get drunk? I want, you, I, want, I want everyone that's on the Monday night podcast to get completely plastered and do the review. That is compulsory. I'll message Bevan and Cam and see what Thank they say. Thank you very much. What about, what about I get, get drunk drink at... On. What, what about I get drunk at the, uh, at the football and do a poor fan radio Facebook Live at three-quarter time? No, because the game won't officially be over by then. You, you've got to stick with convention. Every I think every year since we've had the podcast, we've had a Mad Monday, and we've got to have one. So just let the boys and, know. And Jonesy likes to do his Facebook lives. Maybe even hook up with me at three quarter time, and we'll do a uh, a drunkard uh, Facebook live at the uh, for the last game of the year. There you go. Mm. Fantastic. All right. Well, look. Um, if you're a fan and you listen through all that, thank you for um, tolerating it. Um, I hope you're as angry as we are. I think you probably are. Uh, because if you weren't, you probably turned off. <laughs> so there you go. Um, uh, thanks to people that listen throughout the season as well, uh, particularly those that listen live. But, you know, if you're just someone that listens in and goes, ho, 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 they're talking a bunch of shit, aren't they? Then thank you to you as well. Um, hopefully next season's a lot better. Stick around for the player reviews, as uh, Rick said. And, of course, we'll be doing the lead-up uh, to the draft. We'll be talking about player profiles and players that we will desperately wish we might be able to draft. Uh, and uh, I think the trade week will happen during the reviews, so that'll be covered then. Uh, and, of course, culminating in what we think is probably going to be a three-stage draft package. 
um, where we will cover the draft in podcasts uh, in the first round and then the later rounds and then potentially the rookie draft as well, uh, depending on whether Macker and myself can make it. So uh, should be good. And, um, should be good. Look, I'm going to say it anyway, even though my heart's not in it. Carnport. Carnport. Go, Port Power. One last hurrah. Loads up. They need a mark and then a goal. West off almost. Motluck couldn't quite. Enright. Good tackle. Cassisi to win it. Cassisi does win it. Oh, 